0: He has billions of dollars and probably just as many fans. So why is Warren Buffett coming under fire for his latest investments? At least from some people, we have the perfect person to talk all things Warren Buffett, Daniel Town, author of Invested How Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger Taught Me to Master My Mind, My Emotions, and My Money. Daniel is back for our big alumni week. It is Tuesday, May 26th, and this is Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner Bobby Rebell coming to you from my quarantine headquarters in beautiful Lake
1: Mayapak, New York. And I'm Danielle Town coming to you from my quarantine headquarters in beautiful Zurich, Switzerland, right by the lake. This episode of Money
0: with Friends is sponsored by Tiller, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Go to uh, moneywithfriends.com forward slash, I'm sorry, go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for a free trial and to support the show. And also you get 20% off your first year. So Danielle, welcome back.
1: Thank you. I love doing this show with you, as you know. So I was thrilled to be part of the Alumni Week. Well, we're thrilled to have you
0: back. You were part of our very first season, so you are a brave soul. Give us a quick update on what you've been up to.
1: I've been writing about my investing practice. So as you know, I focus on Buffett-style investing, long-term value-oriented investing and have gone from knowing nothing about it to now pretty much like loving to do this 10 hours a day most of my life uh, right here in my quarantine headquarters so I've been writing about my process of investing and what I'm finding and what cool companies are out there and putting it out there for this cool new community that I've got going called the invested practice filled with people who are developing their own investing practices as well which is also a newsletter how can people sign up for that by the way They can go to newsletter.danielletown.com and it's called, or you can just Google the invested practice and it'll come up. Perfect. Let's see which
0: one of our friends is going to lead us into the headline. This is Tara from Rise Up. Just like hanging out and chatting about the news, that's why I tune in to Money with Friends. All right. And by the way, I do want to caution. This is an opinion piece in Market Watch. And Danielle, you're going to start us off.
1: So I should just read the headline here.
0: Yep. Go for it.
1: And it's by Howard Gold. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Howard Gold's no-nonsense investing. Dud stock picks, bad industry bets, vast underperformance. It's the end of the Warren Buffett era by Howard Gold. This is an opinion piece, you guys, as you can tell by my skeptical tone of voice. The chairman of Berkshire Hathaway seems to prefer the S&P 500 to his own company's stock, who is the greatest of all time, Michael or LeBron, Willie or the Babe, Aretha or old blue eyes? When it comes to investing, Warren Buffett, chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, is unquestionably the greatest who ever lived, posting an extraordinary record over more than five decades. From 1965 through 2018, Berkshire racked up a 20.5 compounded annual return, more than double that of the S&P 500, including dividends, 25, 20.5%, I should say. Buffett also is a beloved multi-billionaire in an age when the super-rich are vilified. His homespun wisdom and Midwestern humility have made him the most sacred of all cows to a business media hungry for wit and personality. His pans to free market capitalism, along with his democratic politics, haven't hurt him with that group either. But now, after profoundly underperforming the S&P throughout the entire 11-year bull market, it's fair to ask whether Buffett is still, well, Buffett. Even at the company's virtual annual meeting held in Omaha on May 2nd, some questions by shareholders curated by CNBC's Becky Quick struck this listener as unusually sharp. At times, Buffett seemed uncomfortable amid PowerPoint slides and the absence of his longtime friend and business partner, Charlie Munger, who didn't make the trip. His bullish comments about America seemed oddly discordant while a pandemic ravages our economy. Meanwhile, intimations of mortality hung over the proceedings. Munger is 96 and Buffett turns 90 in August. The two, Buffett said, are, quote, not going anyplace voluntarily, but we probably will go someplace involuntarily before that long, end quote. Then he quickly added, quote, Charlie's in good health. Incidentally, I'm in good health. End
0: quote. All right. Let's just pause there and digest that for a moment. Um So he's using some data um, on the most recent performance um, to question whether Buffett still has his magic touch. What's your take on this? Because you followed this man and his investing philosophy and Charlie Munger, too, we should say,
1: really as the focus of your work. Definitely. I think he profoundly misunderstands what Buffett and what Berkshire are all about. And he's not the only one. There are so many articles like I was so glad you picked this because there's so many articles like this out there that people read and send around to each other and go, oh, Buffett's lost his touch. He doesn't understand what's happening. No, Buffett is not running a growth tech company. and. We are so overweighted on the S&P 500 with growth tech companies that they're actually about to reweight it and change which companies are in it to try to make it a little bit more even because the fang stocks, which are Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix and Google, Google now Alphabet, um, have taken over so much of that index and have grown so much. If you take them out, the actual S&P numbers are not that amazing. They're very good. They're not as amazing as they are with those companies in it. So what Berkshire Hathaway does is stay safe. Berkshire Hathaway is about being a real economy, uh, how to put this, forever company. They want to be a company that's not going to go up and down with the times. They want to be a company that's going to survive the tough times and do really well in the good times. And they've done that. That's what Buffett's doing and they've done it. And one thing that this guy says in the article down later is he says, oh, they haven't handed out any dividends. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, again, a common complaint about Berkshire. The reason that Berkshire doesn't give dividends is that Berkshire thinks it can use the money better than its shareholders. And I personally want to invest in companies that think they can use their money better than i can use their money i mean they are the ones making the money they're the ones who are able to invest in r d in potential m a deals in building their companies out i want them to be doing that or else why should i be investing in them and buffett agrees so he doesn't hand out dividends he keeps that money and what he's done with it because berkshire makes tons and tons of cash because it's a great company He's stockpiled it. He has more than one hundred and thirty billion dollars in cash that he can use at pretty much a moment's notice. This stuff is not locked away anywhere. It's not even in, you know, six month CDs or anything like that. He's got it ready to go. And the reason for that. Is Exactly the situation we were in in March, which was the markets coming down and down and down. Some kind of major event is happening that's causing this to happen. And companies that are not as well run as Berkshire and not ready for a rainy day the same way Berkshire is start to have trouble and they need help. They need to get alone. loan.
0: And also, if I remember correctly, in the last recession, in and again, we're assuming this is a recession, even though technically we haven't reported to down quarters. Um, in the last recession, if I remember correctly, he was able to make some very interesting strategic
1: investments during that time. Absolutely. That was a time when Berkshire ended up coming out really, really well. He made a bunch of loans and he also was able to buy companies at a very low price that set them up for this bull market. and has been able to ride that ever since. So he was trying to do the same in March. And what he said at his annual meeting was that he was ready and the phone was just starting to ring. And then that's when the Fed came out and the government came out and started offering loans really cheaply at prices that he said Berkshire refused to match. So basically the government undercut them. And You know, whether or not you think they should have done that, that's a different issue. But they did. And so Berkshire wasn't able to deploy some of that cash that they have going. However, he still did not buy any stocks in March. He did nothing. He was waiting. And not only was he waiting, he announced that he was wrong about his choice to buy uh, the, what was it, three or four largest US airlines? I think mm-hmm. it was four of them. Yeah. yeah. He, owned, he owned American, United, Delta, and um, Southwest. And he sold all of them and he just said that I was wrong. So okay. the, the facts changed and he decided to sell them. So not only did he not buy anything in March, he actually sold at a loss one of his investments. Now, that's that, not the kind of thing that most sort of fund managers tend to admit to. But Right. That's, they, they, they do tend
0: to bury their sort of mistakes. I want to get in here. We, we have an active audience here on our Facebook live group where we record this episode. By the way, if you're going to join us here, you can go to facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. Um, it's the page of our sister podcast. Um,
1: Dylan is here. Do you want to read what Dylan has to say? Dylan says Berkshire waits for the massive value play where they can buy a substantial portion of an industry. They flat out bought duracell they became number two in residential real estate overnight buying prudential fox roach and others they wait to go big when there's a value buy that's exactly right dylan and he didn't see a value buy in march which was super interesting because there were so many people out there going like this is the dip you buy the dip we're getting used to doing that now And he didn't buy the dip. So he thinks that things are going to get worse. And he's saving up his pennies to be ready for not only to buy something else to help out other businesses with loans that are, of course, favorable to Berkshire, but also to make sure that their own businesses stay really well capitalized. They have huge amounts of insurance out there and they want to make sure they're going to be able to cover any litigation that comes out of those companies. So he's ready. And so when I Read these criticisms of Berkshire not beating the SP. I just think it is so, it's such a fundamental misunderstanding of what this company is about. And frankly, when the S&P drops 50%, which I think it absolutely could, as this economy starts rolling into the reality of our unemployment numbers and of retail stores closing and all of the um, implications of this lockdown that we've done. I think the stock market index could absolutely drop 50%. And I think Berkshire in that situation is not going to drop that much. Berkshire is going to come out of it very well. And that's why you buy Berkshire. Why do you think there's such a delayed response
0: in the stock market to the economic numbers that we're seeing? And a lot of the numbers we're seeing don't even reflect, you know, they're still reflecting either the first quarter in terms of earnings or they're back to March and now we're moving into
1: April in terms of the economic data. It's such a good question. I wish I had a great answer to it. My opinion is that Wall Street is completely divorced from what is happening in real life. And they're separated from the real economy. And they're out there just deciding to trade on information that we don't really have, thinking that things will go back to normal after Q2 or after Q3. And we don't have that information. We don't know that things are going to go back to normal, but they're going ahead and just Bidding up based on that. And I, I think it's I think it's honestly really, really bad for Wall Street that they're doing this. It should <laughs> be reflecting the real economy. And let me just add to that again on Buffett. Buffett's businesses are so are they're such real economy businesses, railroads, insurance, consumer goods. He has data that we don't have. And this is somebody saying, I am waiting for something really bad to happen. And if he says, I don't know if it's going to happen, you know, like things could maybe turn out fine. I don't know, but he's ready. And if he's getting ready and he's somebody seeing the drop in purchasing and the changes in consumer behavior, I I pay very strong attention to that.
0: We have Adrian here in our Facebook Live audience, and she says stock market does not equal economic reality. So we right have a on. lot of agreement here with you. We also have, I want to just give a shout out to one of our other alums, Jim, who is also part of season one. He says that he enjoys the shareholder letter and page one is the return of Berkshire versus the S&P so many times in the past where you could argue quote he lost his touch and then you would have missed out on a lot of gains now you you were it was a virtual meeting so you weren't there in person this year what's your takeaway from the the berkshire hathaway annual
1: meeting my takeaway was first of all i totally agree with jim great point um, and secondly, my takeaway was really that we need to be ready for things to get worse. It was a weird meeting because he, first of all, I loved his PowerPoint slides. I don't know what this article writer is even talking about. They were amazing. They were just white background with times new roman words on them and that's it there were no logos there were no images they were i was like i need my slides to look like that from now on like there was no time spent making them look nice it was purely about the content and i loved it so he um he was basically saying you know we should bet on america long term but i'm ready with my cash in berkshire to capitalize on anything that happens and to protect berkshire all right, and the combination have, oh, of those two messages were confusing to a lot of people. So my takeaway is long-term, we're going to be okay. Long-term meeting 10 years from now, we're going to be okay. Short-term, Berkshire's ready. All right. Let's take one more comment from our audience. Do you want to grab that one? Sure. So this is Chibale. I'm going to say Chibale, Chibale. It's all about having a plan. We can certainly learn a lot from Warren Buffett, but we need to have our own plans. What Buffett does is following his plan. That's all. Follow your plan. Criticizing his decision is similar to me questioning your diction oh, your action to buy the S&P emerging markets or paying down debt. Follow your own plan. It's called personal finance after all. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with that. I think what Buffett does is a great model for most of us to follow but it's totally different than your own personal household finances um mostly but then I also think we should all have money for a rainy day and that's basically what Berkshire does Yeah, we're definitely
0: in the rainy day period these days. Um, Let's just take a moment while we think about our takeaways um, and talk about how to get organized with our money. Money with Friends is brought to you by Tiller. You can manage your money a lot faster, about 10 times faster with spreadsheets. It's the only service that connects your banks to Google Sheets and Excel with your daily spending, transactions, and balances. Unlike financial apps that force you to compromise, these spreadsheets are fully customizable, so you can make it truly personal finance, as we like to say. Tiller makes it even better because it feeds everything in daily with your spending balances and so on. And um, it's updated every day. Basically, once you set it up, you don't have to do anything. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for more information, a free trial, and 20% off your first year. Danielle, would you like to go first with the takeaways or are you going to put me on the spot?
1: No, I won't put you on the spot. It's it's your show, Bobby. <laughs>
0: You make the show.
1: (laughs) Um, So my takeaway is that the reason to hold Berkshire is not as a bet that it's going to beat the S&P or going to beat the market. The reason to hold Berkshire is a bet that it's secure, that it will not lose money in the long term, and that your money will be extremely safe in any sort of economy. An adverse economy, a going straight up kind of economy, Berkshire is going to do fine. It also is completely possible that the market loses 30%, 40%, 50% of its value coming up again, and that Berkshire actually does incredibly well and beats it by a mile. That would be very exciting. My
0: takeaway is I'm going to capitalize on what our audience said, that this is about personal finance and your personal decision. So you have to make a personal decision about who you want to follow. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can invest some with Berkshire Hathaway. You can invest some with uh, the S&P 500 and hedge your bets that way. It's all about personal decision. I love that Warren Buffett comes out and says, hey, I made a mistake. I wish more fund managers oh, did too. that. Yeah. Um But again, we get to make our own personal choices and that's the wonderful thing about our free market economy. Danielle, you're gonna be back tomorrow for another show. Tell us where people can find out more about you and be in touch in the meantime. You can find
1: out all about what I'm up to at danielletown.com. Check out my course um, on developing an investing practice and my newsletter about my investing practice. And you can find me on Instagram at danielletown and on all the social medias at danielletown everyone follow her
0: also follow our show at money friends pod on instagram we often put out polls and quizzes and let you know in advance when we're going to be taping who's going to be on sometimes we even give sneak peeks into the topics so that is at money friends pod you can also learn more about danielle and all of our community our growing community of co-hosts and thought leaders on our website moneywithfriendspodcast.com until then uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more danielle town thanks everyone thanks bobby